Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today, we're talking to Lori Zavka. Lori is a board-certified functional nutrition counselor and holistic health practitioner. Using the principles of functional medicine and food as medicine, she helps her clients restore balance throughout the body in order to meet specific health and wellness goals. She does this by using a framework that uncovers root causes of challenging conditions, which helps her create individualized nutritional and lifestyle plans for each client. Additionally, she helps her clients understand how desperately every one of the body's systems heavily relies upon sound nutrition. Severe calorie restriction, chronic nutritional deficiencies, and quick fix diets impair the body at a cellular level. In such an environment, a body cannot function on any level and will ultimately shut down. As a functional practitioner, she understands that everyone is unique, everything is corrected, and all things matter. The body was designed to function brilliantly, and when well-supported, it does just that. Lori comes alongside her clients, empowering them to love and nurture their bodies in ways that support optimal health and wellness. In this episode, Lori shares how we can feel our best at 40 and beyond. We discuss the changes that happen to women as we get older in relation to our metabolism, hormones, and toxic load that can all contribute to weight gain and various poor health outcomes. I promise you, you are not alone, and Lori is here to help guide you to feeling like you're in your 20s again. And if you're thinking this is only an episode for women in their 40s and beyond, stop right there. These are habits you want to start practicing in your late 20s and 30s to get ahead of some of these changes and better prepare yourself and your body. So this episode is for all our women out there who are just trying to feel their best throughout the years ahead. Okay, everyone, we have Lori on today and... I can't say enough about this person. We were just saying how Lori and I met over a weekend um, for a program. We were doing Nutritious Life with Carrie Glassman, who is fabulous. Mm. And it's just one of those people like you just hit it off with and you connect and the energy was there and we haven't seen each other. I mean, we're seeing each other (laughs) via screen right now, but we haven't seen each other since then. And this is such a special episode for me because you're such a light, Lori, but you also have so much knowledge. And we were just talking about before, you know, we start hit record. We have so many great podcast episodes, but I've realized we don't have any geared towards what happens when you hit 40 and after that. And we're not only talking to our listeners who are 40 and above, but also everyone in their 30s, turn your volume up because you want to be prepared and you want to, there's a lot of things you can prep your body for to, you know, kind of roll with these changes. So we'll dive into all of that. Um, But this is a very special episode to me. So Lori, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Kate. What an honor. And I've missed you so much. Like you said, we haven't seen each other in a long time since Carrie's program. It's crazy. Um, so Lori, I'd love for you to tell we, you know, everyone heard your intro, but I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit more about your story and kind of when and how you grew to be passionate about nutrition and health. Well, thank you. Um, I became 
passionate about nutrition and health because of my own journey. And, um, I I'm 49 years old. I grew up, I I was born in 73. So I came of age in the seventies and eighties. And this was not a time when little girls were um, taught about health and wellness. We were not drinking green smoothies. We didn't have acai bowls for breakfast. We had fruit loops and (laughs) other wonderful cereals. Um, I didn't learn about health and wellness from my mom because do you know what? She didn't learn that from her mother. And so I have realized that there is a huge gap in this age group. Um, basically I'm saying like 40 and, and there's wiggle room on either side, but 40 to 65, there's a huge gap where you know, we we did not learn how to care for ourselves. We watched our mothers jump from diet to diet, and they load their bodies, and they they did not know what to do to become stronger. Women in that era were not <laughs> lifting weights. Are you kidding me? Um, only men did that. Um, they weren't they weren't curious about getting stronger. They were curious about losing weight and that's not the path to wellness. And I think that honestly, I say the golden road to wellness was not paved for us in, in this age group. And I want to bridge that gap. That's, that's my mission. So I'm 49 years old. Um, I understand people on this side of me and that side of me, and and I can help. I understand what's happening in a woman's body in this time of life, and I want to be of help. So that's that's my mission. Yeah, and for anyone, if you are watching or know Lori or head to her Instagram page, but you would never guess Lori is 49 years old. She looks absolutely fabulous. And one thing, Lori, with you is you're radiating, right? Because it's not just about like how we look at all, but you radiate this energy and you always have a glow. And that is part of wellness, right? Like our energy levels and having this glow and this, you know, Mm -hmm. what people would say, like your light, that is a part of wellness. And that's what I think a lot of us are striving for is just like that energy and, yeah, you know, vitality and just feeling good, which leads to longevity as well. Thank you. Yes. And I, I will tell you, Kate, that as approaching 50, I feel better and I exude more in my life than I ever did in my late twenties because I was not healthy. So what I want to say to women is that age is not a number. And that sounds so cliche. Age is nothing but a number, but it really isn't because I've lived on both sides. I've been a young 20 something. And you would think that I would have been radiating wellness at, at that age, because that's just what you get in those, in those years but I wasn't. And I was very unhealthy at that time in my life. And I learned how to do better. And now as I am approaching 50, I am 
more vital. I am more full of life. I, at any moment, I could run a marathon at this age. And that blows my mind because that's not, that's not what my mother taught me. That's not what previous generations taught me. They taught me that boy, over age 40, it's all downhill from there. And that's not true. And I just want to share that message with other women. You can honestly be the best that you've ever been and go further than you've ever been starting right now. Yeah. Did you have a turning point, Lori, where you went kind of from unhealthier practices, like just based off of when you were growing up and then had that interest in health and changing your health and starting to focus on like nutrition and fitness? Yeah, I did. Thank you. That's a great question. I did. Um, I was in my late twenties and I, t- I tell people, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that I was so unhealthy at this time in my life because I would get up in the morning. So let's say, I think I was like 28 years old at this time. Um, I would go run five or 10 miles. It, I would get up out of bed and go run. That's what I did. Um, I would do, do you, I don't think, are you young enough? Do you remember Tybo? Yes, I do. I am familiar with Tybo. Tybo, I'm aging myself, but I did that. Um, I thought I was very physically healthy, but there was something in me that was saying, not so I'm not healthy. Something's wrong. And I didn't know what that was. Ultimately, I found a functional holistic practitioner by way of a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, I went to a number of medical doctors. I said, I don't feel well. Here's why I don't feel well. They ran tests. They said, well, you're healthy. You're fine. No solution there. Multiple practitioners. I went to this functional medicine doctor and he said to me, Lori, you are very unhealthy. And honestly, I was offended. I said, but wait a second. I, I, I can run 10 miles and I can, (laughs) what? Like I do Tybo. I'm super healthy. And he said to me, you are a very unhealthy young woman. And it's all, it all boils down to your blood sugar. Mm. And I said, blood sugar. What? Well, I was addicted to sugar. I could eat. Do you know what Krispy Kreme donuts are? Uh, do I, Lori? Does anyone not know what they are? <laughs> Actually, those are probably fueling your runs. <laughs> exactly, Kate. Thank you. Exactly. So I I was in my 20s. I was addicted to sugar as I had been all up until that age. I was addicted to sugar. And you're right. They were fueling my runs. And he actually said to me, the only reason you're not a full-blown type two diabetic is because you run so much. So I was in this hamster wheel of eating excessive amounts of sugar. I could, I could go out and eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, but then tomorrow I would run 10 miles. So here, here, here's Mm -hmm. the best. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's not healthy, but I'm burning it off but I didn't understand what that was doing to my body. 
honestly, the, the sugar, um, there was so much damage happening inside of my body that I did not realize. And so he, he put me on what he called the wellness diet, which was basically very low sugar, very low starches, um, all the vegetables in the world, all the protein in the world, healthy fats. And he said, if you eat in this way, you're fine. You don't have to count calories. Um, you don't have to be worried about anything else. Just eat in this way and everything's going to take care of itself. And it, it did. I was in my late twenties and I followed him hardcore and my life changed. I mean, people saw me and, and saw a different person. They saw a different skin tone. They saw a different yeah. look in my eyes. They saw a different energy. And, and they were like, I want some of that. And honestly, I started counseling people back then before I was ever certified in any way. <laughs> they, were, they were saying, oh my gosh, what have you done? And I started helping people back then. But it's all about nutrition and about the body being able not just nutrition, but the body being able to take nutrients to have a strong and robust digestive system to take those mm -hmm. nutrients and to transfer them, to assimilate them and transfer them into nutrition that the body can take on a cellular level and administer to the body. So we're not just talking about here's a great meal and I ate it, but what can your body actually do with that? And so my, my first job with all of my clients is to talk about digestion and yeah, it's gut health, right? <laughs> yes. But like, even what are you thinking before you eat a meal? Mm -hmm. How, how is your nervous system before you eat a meal? How can you assimilate those nutrients? It's called the cephalic phase of digestion. How is your mind accepting those nutrients before it ever hits even your tongue? This is stuff that we don't get told when mm -hmm. we're, you know, when we're children or our parents are saying, here's the food, like eat the meal. They don't talk about any of this. None of us are instructed on how to properly accept and digest food so that it turns into usable nutrients that our bodies can thrive on. We, we aren't taught this information. And I think that's really sad. Yeah. Well, Lori, can you teach us what is the, what would be the best way for someone listening to help improve their digestion? Like regardless of eating their food, yeah. but some of those things they can do. Yeah. So the, the first, the very first phase I talk about it's, I say, can you guess where digestion begins? And a lot of people say the stomach or they might say the colon, but the very first place, honestly, that digestion begins is in our brains. And so this goes back to cooking at home and smelling a delicious meal when you walk in the door and whether that's your grandmother or your mother or the crock pot or the Instapot, there's a smell that excites you and says, it's time to eat. And that's good. Like we want that trigger. So we want that part of our brain to say, it's time to eat. It's time to accept a meal. 
And when that starts here in the brain, we begin to salivate. Not, I'm not talking like saliva coming out of our mouths, like we're uncontrollable, but we do, we start to salivate. And when we start to salivate, these enzymes that are inside of our saliva come out and they are ready to accept the food that we eat. That is it's just so important to digestion. So you start to accept the food, you start to chew, you chew slowly, you chew thoroughly, you break down every piece. So every piece has a chance to be attacked by those enzymes and they are broken down in the mouth. First and foremost, that's the first step. They have to be thoroughly chewed, digested, broken down in the mouth. Then we swallow. The food goes down our esophagus into our stomach, but it has to be sufficiently broken down before it reaches our stomach. Then it reaches our stomach and hopefully that trigger that we experienced earlier the cephalic phase, the phase that our brain said, oh my gosh, that's, that food smelled so good that we're ready to eat. That also stimulated some stomach acid to come into our stomachs and start further mashing that food down. And then that invites other enzymes and bile and other elements into our stomach to further break down that food. It has to be sufficiently broken down in the stomach in order to successfully pass through to the small intestine, because there is where the final stages of digestion happen. And that is where in a healthy small intestine, in a healthy gut, the food leaches through the small intestine into the bloodstream, ultimately into the liver and then into the cells to be used as nutrition and fuel. But part of the problem happens, well, it happens way up here. It happens when we don't even begin the cephalic phase. Mm -hmm. When we're so stressed out in our minds, you know, maybe we, maybe we smell a food or maybe we don't, or maybe we grab fast food, or maybe we just grab something fast and we gobble it down in the car and then we swallow it and it enters our stomach. Is it broken down enough at this point to be sufficient? No, it has mm -hmm. missed multiple steps before it leaves, before it enters our stomach. So our stomach is taxed with doing extra work. And, and guess what? In middle age, which is where most of my clients are, stomach acid has been very lowered, as have digestive enzymes. This is just yeah. part of the aging process. Mm -hmm. But we can circumvent this. We can, we can take digestive enzymes. We can take hydrochloric acid, but we can also enter a calm state of being when we're receiving our food. We can understand that our bodies only process and assimilate this food if we are in a rested and digested state. Many of us have no idea. <laughs> we're not taught this, right? We're not taught mm -hmm. that this is an important part of digestion. So the food does not get assimilated in our stomach. We don't have sufficient stomach acid. It passes 
past the stomach into the small intestine into pieces that are too big. They shouldn't be that big when they reach the small intestine. And this is where leaky gut happens. This is where these food particles now, when they've reached the small intestine, they blast through that small intestinal wall instead of just um, going through like a sponge, which they should, they blast through. They're bigger than they should when they reach the stomach. They haven't been broken down sufficiently. So they, they go through the small intestinal wall. They enter the bloodstream and the bloodstream says, what is this? This food part, I don't recognize this. This is too big. This is not a single amino acid. This is a peptide string as far as protein goes. What are we supposed to do with this? And it tags it as an enemy. And this is where food allergies mm-hmm. and hypersensitivities and autoimmune is born. So it all boils down to digestion. And, and honestly, this is what I want to reteach everyone in, in my age group. It wasn't just your mom saying, here comes the airplane, open your mouth. Like, <laughs> Let's chew this food. Let's, let's pray over this food. Let's have a moment of peace over this food. Let's let this food assimilate into our bodies so that every other step of digestion can be successful. And this food will not end up as an enemy, but it will end up as fuel to your cells and give you life. That's the purpose of food. Exactly. Oh, Lori, that was such a great explanation. And I mean, we just, we've been having a stream of gut health episodes and it's like your gut is connected to everything. So you have to start there, but also like I see more and more leaky gut. I see more and more food allergies. It's just not stopping. And I'm, this mm-hmm. is such an important conversation and piece for everyone to hear. And I'm so glad you taught everyone all of the steps because when you really learn the how and the why behind it, you can make those behavior changes. But something I keep thinking about when you were explaining it was, you know, not only when we first think about like salivating, right? We smell the food. This goes back to also not having food in front of you that you don't want to eat, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're on a diet and, (laughs) you know, you have food in front of you that you don't want to eat or you have, right? Like, and you know, if some people enjoy this, no, but like, you know, your standard, like a plain chicken or uh, rice and a vegetable or chicken and a vegetable. And you're just like, yep. it has no seasoning, nothing. And you're like, nope. this looks awful. Nope. That's not going to help you. You're also going to chew your food faster because you're not trying to enjoy it. Thank you. But also recognizing too, like, let's say you are passing a fad food, fast food place and you don't want to get fast food, but you do smell it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's different avenues you can go, right? You can go, oh, it smells so good. You know what? I'm going to get it. If you're going to get it, enjoy it like how we're talking about. But don't also pass that place, smell it and go, oh no, I can't have that. Oh, it's awful. And then you end up getting it and then you fight through it, but rather recognize the smell. Oh my gosh, McDonald's smells so good. But you know what? I'm you know, I'm on this health journey. I'm going to make a better decision, but recognize it and just be happy through the process. Yeah. But I find so many people like pushing 
away things versus just recognizing and moving on or eating meals that they're not actually, they don't enjoy looking at it. They don't enjoy smelling it. They don't enjoy eating it and they just rush through it. And then usually what happens later is they go for the extra snack or extra dessert because they want to reward themselves for eating that horrible meal, (laughs) which sounds so bad, but it's just something I want people to consider. And I, I, I'm going to take it back a little bit. So just so people listening, they're not also thinking like, oh, I feel like it's just me. But Mm -hmm. can you discuss Lori, some of the changes that happen to women as we approach 40 and beyond, including like how our metabolism and our hormones change and maybe right. Like Mm -hmm. some things that contribute to weight gain. And I hear all the time, like I used to be able to eat like this 10 years ago, what's happening. Can you just walk us through some of those changes and what's really happening in our body? Well, the main thing that I believe is happening is an accumulation of a toxic overload. Okay. From the moment we are all born, whether we know it or not, and we don't, we're accumulating the toxins from the environment, from every single thing that we can't even imagine is toxic, including our mother's microbiome. Everything that was given to us is toxic. So we enter this world as a um, assumed pure being, untouched by toxins. <laughs> We're not. We've inherited generations of toxins from our mother and our ancestors. And the moment we come into this world, we're assaulted by toxins. We go through our life unknowingly accepting toxin after toxin after the air we breathe is toxic. Um, The off-gassing of carpets and furniture, everything, it's, it's all toxic. So by the time here, here's what I realize with my clients who are in their late thirties, forties and beyond. This is when women come to me and say, Oh my gosh, what's happening. Mm-hmm. What it is a toxic accumulation. It's almost like if you can consider your body like a funnel, you're this huge funnel, you have these open arms, here's a funnel. And you're taking everything in year after month after month, year after year. Well, finally, there comes a point, you know, there's that little spigot at the end of the funnel that has to usher everything out. Ultimately, that's your liver. But the body cannot possibly continue taking in all of these assaults day in and day out. And so usually by the time we enter midlife, right? This is when all of it hits the fan. Things start to appear. Symptoms start to appear. And it's symptoms of overload. It's symptoms of a body saying, I'm sorry, enough is enough. We've dealt with these insults long enough. And guess what? Our liver is not functioning appropriately. We, we, there's different pathways of elimination out of the liver. And these are clogged because we haven't been addressing these. Our, our gut is a wreck. Our microbiome is a wreck. We have more pathogenic bacteria than beneficial bacteria. So 
we're, we're actually hurting ourselves every time we eat, we're feeding the bad bacteria. It's, it's this overload that none of us realize is happening, but that's at the core of it. it it's an overload. It's not that you're old. It's not yeah. that you've reached 40. It's not that you've reached 45. It's this overload of toxins and stressors of all kinds, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, it doesn't matter. A stressor is a stressor and the body perceives all of them the same. So what are we going to do at this point to alleviate those stressors so that the body can function again as it did when you were 20 years old? And like your, your hormones can rebalance, your metabolism can get sped up a bit. Cause right. Like, you know, the one thing with age, right. As we get older, yes, our metabolism does decrease specifically for women, but you can get ahead of it. And same with muscle mass. Cause I know Lori, you are all about that. And those are things I feel like it's like metabolism hormones. Mm -hmm. And like, if you can have your hormones in a good place, if you can have your metabolism in a good place, and if you can be ahead of the game in muscle mass, to me, that's like the key. If you've listened to many of our expert guests, you know that we all tend to need extra support for our gut health, whether that's taking a probiotic for optimal digestive and immune support, a digestive enzyme to optimize nutrient availability, or my personal favorite Nordic Naturals Nordic Flora prebiotic powder to support the beneficial probiotic bacteria in your gut and for a good source of fiber, there's gut health support for you, whatever your specific needs may be. And to make digestive and immune health more fun for children, Nordic Naturals offers probiotics in a pixie powder, gummy form, and a powder form for infants that can easily be mixed into room temperature food, formula, or milk. Head to nordic.com and use the code naturallywell15 for 15% off all Nordic Naturals digestive support products for adults, children, and infants. How can we help relieve some of this toxic load? When we reach this age in life, 40, 60, somewhere in there, all we think about are hormones, right? We think about our, our sex hormones, progesterone, testosterone, estrogen. What we need to do is peel back to the foundations because those hormones, the excess of estrogen, estrogen dominance, that needs to be excreted through our liver. If we have too, too much, um, estrogen in our bodies that needs to be excreted through our liver. If our liver is not functioning well, how in the world can we expect to have a healthy hormone balance? It all comes down to foundations and that is gut health, blood sugar, and liver function. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, my hormones, I I had my hormones tested and they're all out of balance. Don't, don't play target practice with those hormones and try to even out those hormones, go down to the foundations, the roots, where do those hormones begin? They begin in your gut and in your liver and the ability for whatever's coming at you. So we, we, we can get estrogen from our own bodies. We can get estrogen from outside sources. Um, 
xenoestrogens from plastic bottles, from things in the atmosphere. I mean, we are bombarded with estrogens, but guess what has to, to detoxify and purge those estrogens? Our livers. So if our liver is not functioning properly, how in the world can we have hormonal balance? So I always tell people, okay, if you want to go get your hormones checked, great. But don't think that those numbers on, on your hormone panel, you just need to target those and somehow, you know, balance this and balance that. No, you have to get back to the foundation. Why? are those hormones expressing in that way? What's going on at a foundational level that is prohibiting your body from excreting? That's what your body does. It's supposed to excrete the extragenous hormones so that you are not out of balance. And what is prohibiting your body from doing that? So it's always about, I say, don't look at the branches. The branches are the symptoms in your life, whether that's hormone imbalance, that's weight gain, that's hair loss, that's fatigue, that's eczema, that's candida. Those are all symptoms. Let's get down to the roots. And there's honestly three roots. There's genes, and that's a very small root. That's 10%. Um, There is digestion, which is the digestive process and all of your gut health and there's inflammation. And if we can boil it down to those three areas, I guarantee you that all of the branches will start to flourish beautiful fruit. And we don't even have to think about those anymore. Do you have Lori? Cause obviously, right. Like we have limited time. Cause we could talk about this for all day. We could, Kate. What and I know everyone's different too, but what would be your top tips for someone just to start with that can help, right? Like support their gut health, support Mm -hmm. their liver health and support their blood sugars to take away some of this toxic load. Poop, blood sugar, and sleep. Okay. Love it. So if you are not pooping three times a day, That's an issue. We are to be pooping every time we eat. We should poop like we did when we were babies. We don't remember this, but we did. We ate, our mothers fed us, we pooped. We ate, we pooped, we ate, we pooped. That should not change. So we should eat, poop, eat, poop, eat, poop. Ideally, ideally, if our, if our blood sugar is stable, we should be eating three meals a day and we should be pooping, excreting after each of those. We should have balanced blood sugar because imbalanced blood sugar is the trigger. It's, it's like the first domino that falls in the hormonal cascade. So if your blood sugar is imbalanced, I can guarantee you that all of your sex hormones will be imbalanced as well. So balancing that blood sugar, um, for me, that was the huge one. That was, that was my problem in my twenties. I, I was almost a type two diabetic. I was addicted to sugar. I would, I looked, I probably looked 45 years old in my twenties. Um, I was a wreck 
So balancing that blood sugar. And when I coach my clients, I I teach them how to do that. And it's, it's a slow curve because ideally I want them eating three beautiful, strong meals a day, not snacking, but that doesn't happen automatically, especially for someone with imbalanced blood sugar. We have to go meal, snack, meal, snack, meal, snack, but then we get there. So we're, we're stretching that time out with a, with a properly constructed meal. We're stretching that time out between the next meal and the next meal so that they're not so dependent upon that next rush of insulin or whatever to get them through. So they're more metabolically stable and then sleep. So poop, blood sugar, sleep, sleep is huge. (laughs) So I have a whole sleep course. Um, it's a free download. Um, sleep is everything. And I, I actually just posted something on Instagram today. It was, um, it was a repost from Will Cole. He said, this is me in real time. He had a picture of himself as a bear sleepy time at eight 30. I'm not kidding. I'm in bed at 8:30 and i have i have a biological child and i have three stepchildren and they all make fun of me <laughs> because they're like you are such an old lady but i don't care i know cuz i wake up early i have to be in bed at 8:30 and by 9:30 i'm gone and i feel amazing that way and honestly i think if a lot of people did that they probably would too so it's creating this sleep time routine and i have all kinds of ways to do that successfully even if you're starting at midnight and you want to peel back and create a balanced sleep routine i can help you do that but sleep poop and blood sugar i'm telling you what it's the magic 3 if you can master those you can probably master your health and wellness across the board i love that laura it's and it's it's three things right if you had to say for balancing your blood sugar mm-hmm. and supporting your gut health mm-hmm. are there certain habits or certain foods that are really supportive of that or if it's easier to do like a typical day in terms of meals you're eating that, or, and as well as being active, that's supportive of that, whatever is you think paints the picture a little bit better. Thank you. I I would say protein. Mm -hmm. I am a huge of protein, animal protein. I'm not talking plant protein and I'm talking clean as clean as you can afford. So those perfect amino acids the balance of amino acids of essential amino acids in animal protein is imperative towards blood sugar. It's, it's going to, um, it's going to quell your cravings. The sufficient amount of protein is going to deliver all of the necessary nutrients to your body so that you don't get those hunger cues. Um, Healthy fats are a huge part of this, which is why I love Nordic Naturals. Um, I, I take I take Nordic Naturals. I mean, it's right there on my counter every day. Um, I and my husband and my son, we all take it. Um, we need those healthy omega threes. We get a lot of omega sixes in our diets, but we need those healthy omega threes. 
Um, so, and then, and then greens and, and fiber. So I tell everybody greens are the base, like as many green vegetables, it doesn't matter what kind many as you can get, that's going to provide a lot of phytonutrients, but it's also going to give you a lot of fiber, which our colons need to help push all of this excess and all of this sludge out of our bodies. So greens, fat and fiber and, and protein, um, are huge. So I, I always coach people on how to construct a meal. And, and if you construct a meal in this particular way, you are not bound to calorie counting and an app to tell you, did you get your macronutrients? You know, you know, at the end of a meal, I'm totally satisfied. And if you're satisfied, you're going to be good for four to five hours. Now, sometimes that takes a little bit of doing because many of us are coming from very unstable blood sugar. So we have to sort of master that metabolic flexibility. But once we nail that, there is no calorie counting. There's there's just no labor here. It's just understanding how to create a plate and how to deliver the necessary nutrients to your body. Yeah. And what I love about that too, I mean, that's how I work with my clients and it's you're really teaching people more. Like I hate when people go to someone and they're like, Oh, I just want a meal plan. It's like, you're not learning, which means you, it's not really a lifelong change, you know, or the calorie counting. That's not a lifelong change either or using apps. And Mm -hmm. I know sometimes people need those tools to kind of get them going, which, you know, to each his own, but it's really, I feel like as health professionals, it's our job to educate people. Yes. And yeah. to have them be able to do it on their own. Um, I'm on really curious. Yeah. Right? Like, oh yeah. We, yeah. We want to, I always, I always joke, Lori, that people are like, well, your business model sounds bad. If you want yes. me to never have to see you again. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my goal, but like, I'll see you again. Yeah. Because you know, like you'll come back for a little extra accountability, a little extra support, totally. but you'll also tell all your friends because you had such a great experience. So, exactly. but it is funny. People are like, but how does that work for you? And I'm like, Depending trust me, it works out. Like they can't be, we, we have to teach. Yeah. It's like, it's like teaching our children. We, we have to make them completely able to do this on their own, yeah. but there will be, like you said, there will be a hundred different people coming in saying, Oh my gosh, I need to do that too. So that's where our work comes in, but we're ultimately training people to be completely self-sufficient. We're empowering. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Take this knowledge and it has empowered us in our lives and we give it back. And we're like, here, here's five things you can do and make your life better. And that's like, I've lived my life. Oh my gosh, totally. This is yeah. why I love you, Lori. Um, okay. So I want to touch on exercise quickly and movement. Yeah. yeah. Are there ideal forms of movement for longevity, but also maybe some weight loss for women approaching their forties and beyond? Yes. Thank you. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've been also a certified personal trainer and a women's fitness specialist for almost 20 years. And the answer to that question is you have to be lifting heavy things, but you cannot start there. You, you, if you have not been lifting heavy things, (laughs) 
<laughs> you can't go into a gym or go into your backyard and lift a ton of bricks. You have to have some form to that. So, um, as a personal, tra- I, I don't do personal training anymore because I'm so focused on on my nutrition counseling. But there are certain clients who I will say, okay, let's have a session here because yeah. I know you want to do well, but you don't know how to move, and I don't want you to get hurt. And so I teach them some ba- some squat basics, some deadlifts, some lunge basics, some plank basics, because there's some very basic movements that if you can master those, you can do anything. Um, so yes, we, we have to be lifting past our point of resistance. We have to be creating a strain on our muscles in order for our muscles to fatigue and tear down. And then with proper nutrition to grow back stronger, especially as we age, we naturally Mm -hmm. lose muscle mass and bone mass. That's not going to come back unless we're doing something diligently about it. And we do that in two ways. We do it by resistance training and by consuming ample animal protein in order to rebuild and repair the damaged muscle. So yes, deadlifts. I mean, I could, I wish I could like bust it out right now. (laughs) I know you would Lori. I mean, that's guys, Lori is also probably like the fittest human I've ever met, (laughs) but it's, it's really important because like we need to preserve our muscle mass for our health, We do, but also to reach a lot of the goals that a lot of people who come to see us for, That's part of it as well. But also we talk about feeling empowered. Oh, let me tell you, when you get to the point, right? And like Lori said, you can't just go from zero to a hundred, but it's empowering to lift, to lift things or even just use your own body weight, but that you're holding your whole own body weight up by yourself. It's really empowering and it makes you feel good. And it releases all those endorphins. It's fabulous for your blood sugar. So when we talk about blood sugar, it's like, you're just making all this room in your muscles for all those carbs, right. To be stored. And it just feels good. Um, Kate, I have had women cry because they cannot believe what they're doing in that particular session to, to see a woman transform from not being able to do a single push up to doing three sets of 10. Amazing. With great form. Like, yeah, this is what we want. And this is what everyone is capable of. You just have, you honestly like find a great trainer in your area and, and get a couple of sessions to just get your form underway. Which is so key because if your form isn't right, it's almost like you're doing the work for nothing or you can injure yourself. Totally. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, Lori, so so good. Lifting, yeah. women, that's what I want to say. You have to be lifting a mass. You have to be doing strength training and developing mm-hmm. that muscle mass. That is the key to longevity, metabolism, and really aging in reverse and disease prevention. It's having muscle on your body. That does not mean you're going to look like you know, some kind of she Hulk. Um, but it just means that you are going to be strong intrinsically hard to kill. That's a great phrase that's going around right now. Hard to kill develop lean muscle mass, and you will be very hard to kill. 
I love that. Um, oh, Lori, this has been so good. My, I have one question for you just because I'm curious. Do you have a like certain daily, and I mean, don't run through all of them because I'm sure you have a lot, especially with your sleep routine, but do you have certain daily health and wellness non-negotiables? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I know you have a lot, Lori, so pick like oh. your pick like your top two or three. <laughs> okay, my first one is when I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I have my lemon water. And actually, I'm, can I show you what I take? Yeah. Hold sure. On. Okay. Okay. It's lemon water. I love water. a good visual. Mm-hmm. And I take, can you see this? Sufficient C. Yes. If you look this up, it's oh, one of the like- products. It there's so many amazing things in this. I so I take half of this in the morning and half in the afternoon. So I take that, then I meditate. So I'm hydrating and I'm mm-hmm. detoxing with the lemon water. I'm giving myself some antioxidants with the vitamin C. I do like a 10 minute prayer or meditation. Love it. Hit the gym and then I go to work. So if here's, here's the thing though, some days it depends on my schedule. I can hit the gym for 30 minutes. Some days I can hit the gym for seven, but I (laughs) do not miss it. I don't say, Oh, I can't do 30. So I'm just going to skip it. I always leave a place for that. And I think that's an important piece for a lot of busy women it doesn't matter if you have 20 or 30 minutes, if you have six or seven, if you still do the work, there are huge benefits to that. Um, and honestly, the, my morning routine sets me up for the rest of my day. So I know as I coach my clients, I'm going to eat at every meal, greens, fat, fiber, protein. I'm already set up. I feel like I'm in a good space. My blood sugar is balanced. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling good. I'm going to make good choices from there on out. Greens, fat, fiber, protein. I try to stop eating three to four hours before I go to sleep at night because sleep has always been a struggle for me. Yeah. Balanced blood sugar. Um, I just try to stop there. Um, if I need a little, I call it a meat pill. If I need that late at night, that's protein and fiber. And that might carry me over through a possible blood sugar dip throughout the night. But yes, I I do. I, I start my day with hydration and nutrition. I, I meditate. I sweat. If I can do those three, the rest, it's like bowling pins. Like the rest of my day, I'm like, I got this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's, I would say similarly, I need to get back on my meditation game, but some good morning routine just makes you feel so much better. Um, Oh, it makes the world better. Everything is better when you have a good morning routine and you get to actually practice it. That's the one struggle with having a young child. I will say, um, I know Kate, that's so you know, it is, it is what it is, right? Life ebbs, ebbs and flows, but I've still found ways to do it. So we're working on it. Um, Lori, this has been so great though. We'd love to end every episode with a little rapid fire Q and a for our listeners to get to know you better. So first thing that comes to mind, um, what is your favorite de-stressing practice or tool? 
hiking in nature. Oh, I love that. Like put me in a forest, put me on an uphill hike where I'm digging in and yeah. kind of sweating, but I'm in nature. I'm good. That's, oh, that's my great. That's my glory space. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. No. And how do you take it? I take it with a little bit of cream, um, no flavored cream, no sweetener, but I do stop by 10 a.m. There's no coffee. Oh, that's great. After that. That's great. Um, okay. My favorite one. It's probably me, your favorite. Favorite home cooked meal, Lori. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say, which I'm excited about right now. <laughs> there's something I I've made for years called beef, barley, and root vegetable stew. Ooh. So in my garden, I have some root vegetables. I have some turnips and some beets growing. And I'm going to take those and put those into the stew along with their greens. And then I use like stew meat, whether it's lamb or venison or beef. I kind of brown that a little bit, put that into the stew with the vegetables and the broth and a little bit of, I could either do barley or orzo. I'll probably do orzo. A beautiful stew. It's like the most. Oh, I just love a good stew. That's like it's actually something I love about fall. That it just you know. Oh yeah, please do more. I mean, I could use. Also, when you said the word crock pot earlier, it's like <laughs> my crock pot is my best friend. But it does. It makes my house smell. Even just putting, we've gotten used to just putting uh, chicken, lemon, garlic. Yes, Kate. You know, some herbs and stuff just to have some chicken for, you know, one for Connor, but then also just to be able to throw in anything. It makes the house smell amazing. Um, so crock pots are my best friend. Of digestion. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was talking about, like our grandmothers put it on the stove and we put it in the crock pot, but it's that warming of the house, yeah. that invitation when people come into your home that something nourishing is waiting for them. And that starts the first stage of digestion. So you're doing your whole family a favor and anybody else you invite over by having that crock pot meal ready for them. Oh, thanks, Lori. That makes me feel so much better too about my life. Um, Okay, Lori, where can people find you? Where can they learn more and um, learn more about how to work with you? Well, um, I have a website. Um, It's life by Lori, L-O-R-I-Z.com. And then on Instagram, I am life underscore by underscore Lori Z. Um, and then of course on the website, you can find ways to email me directly, but I'm always here. I always answer. And I love to talk with people about how to up their wellness game. So reach out anytime. This week's actionable step is to pick one of the ways Lori discussed to decrease your toxic load and better support your hormones and your metabolism. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. For something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. 
If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.